0: You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Matt Wehmeyer in for Anthony Kastrovitz on this Tuesday, December 13th, talking White Sox baseball today with Scott Merkin, our White Sox reporter. And Scotts, my goodness, uh, what a winter beatings. For this uh, Chicago White Sox franchise, in particular, uh, General Manager Rick Hahn, as uh, I described it to one of my friends, I said that Mr. Hahn went uh, to steal a football term beast mode on the winter meetings. Uh, man, did he make headlines and then some. The trade for uh, the, the trade sending Chris Sale to the Red Sox and the trade sending Adam Eaton to the Washington Nationals. And, uh, you know, Scott, I don't think it was uh, any surprise that, you know, that Rick Kahn was looking to to deal some of these guys and to, you know, to get great returns on some of the more established veterans on this team, which as, as somebody put it, I can't quite recall who, has been mired in mediocrity for a, a couple of seasons now. You know, time to rebuild and start fresh, and that's what he did. But I, I can't imagine that anybody, even in their wildest dreams, could have foreseen what Rick Khan did and the guys he got back in return. Do you agree? I agree. And, you know, it was Rick who made the comment, the Meyer and mediocrity there comment. It was
1: late. I want to say late August last year during a uh, pregame media session. And he went out and, you know, with the help of the organization and his great staff, you know, and did something about it. You know, I, it's interesting. I think Rick is probably on an unofficial basis has won two of the last three uh, winter meetings. And then the third one, which was last year, he acquired Brett Laurie during it and then set up the move to acquire Todd Frazier. I believe it was about a week after, so, you know, he had a pretty good one there, too. And, you know, I, I'm sure he'd trade the Winter Meetings Championship for a, about 15 or 20 more wins each year. But, you know, he, he, they're they're making the moves. They're being aggressive one direction or the other. And, you know, they, they just they got an absolute prospect haul Now, the key thing is, is, you know, the Cubs have shown and the Astros have shown and the Twins are working on now and the Brewers and Phillies and the Braves and the list goes on. You, know, you, you need to get kind of an abundance. And I believe Jerry Reinsdorf said this to a, a Comcast reporter, CSN reporter at the winter meetings that, you know, you got to get an abundance of these prospects because there's a good chance that they're not all going to be frontline guys as they're predicted right now who are going to lead your team to the promised land. So if you end up acquiring, you know, 11 or 12 guys, it may be five or six who are really top of the line and, and pushing forward. But I mean, you know, in the, in the course of two trades, Chris Sale and Adam Eaton. He acquired, you know, what was rated by MLB pipeline as a number one position player and number one prospect overall in Yoan Mancata. And then the number one pitcher and the number three prospect overall in Lucas Giolito. So right there alone is a pretty good haul. And then he, you know, added what, five more players on top of that, and then they picked up a six in the rule, rule five draft in Dylan Covey. So quite a week. You know, bittersweet because you're trading away arguably the best pitcher in baseball, not named Clayton Kershaw and you're trading away a, a very complete player in Adam Eaton who can help a team you know, defensively and offensively. But this is the direction they're going, and if this is the direction they are going, they certainly you know, took a, a number of steps to get going right off the bat.
0: No question about that whatsoever. And, uh, uh, Scott, one of the things that I've found rather fascinating, and you can say this for pretty much any trade involving any two teams, the fan reaction, because we heard reports uh, back in July – that when Sale was first put up for grabs, so to speak, by Rick Hahn, uh, when talking with the Red Sox, he wanted, and I don't know if these are substantiated reports or rumors, but but the names floating around at that time were Mookie Betts and uh, Andrew Benintendi, and all Betts did, was finish right. runner-up to Mike Trout for the MVP. So now you fast-forward a couple of months later, and Rick Hahn gets back some top-flight prospects, including, as you said, the number one guy in all of baseball, in Yoan Moncada, but again... He doesn't get back any established major leaguers. So the, the price tag came way down from that perspective. Why do you think the price tag came down? And are, are there is there some, I don't know, subset of White Sox fans that might be upset that despite the great prospects they did get back, they didn't get back a single guy who has even one game of major league experience?
1: Right. I, I'll be completely honest that at the trade deadline, the Sox did nothing. Betrayed Zach Duke for outfielder Charlie Tills, and then Zach Duke ended up having a, I believe, Tommy John surgery after the season's over. And that was it. And Sox fans were furious. There was no question about it. But, you know, there was kind of a method, and I don't want to say the madness, to the plan because they realized they could engage more teams. And, and let's face it, they probably really weren't looking to deal Chris Sale at that point last year because, you know, the Red Sox are in the thick of a playoff race. They made the postseason. Granted, they went out in the first round, but as you said, Mookie Betts, who you know reportedly, even from what I was told, they did ask for, and Ben Attendee both contributed. Betts was the runner-up and the MVP, and you know had a pretty good case to be the MVP. So you're certainly even to get a kid of quality of Chris. uh, I'm sorry, of Chris. Chris gets is the player development guy now for the White Sox. Getting ahead of myself there. (laughs) You're not going to give up an MVP candidate in season, and you know I think it's it's just a different time now. And now they're committed to that full rebuild where they're going forward. And, yeah, I I think there's a small percentage who would have liked to have seen, you know, uh, Giolito pitch in the majors last year. Uh, Lopez, Ronaldo Lopez, who they acquired, pitched in the majors last year. Both, you know, small sample sizes. And Moncada had, what, like 19 plate appearances for the Red Sox. So all three have a little experience but very small sample size. And I I wouldn't, you know, be stunned if any one of these guys, they acquired them in winter meetings but Kobe, start the team, start the season with the major league team. Now, Moncada could be up halfway through Giolito could be up, you know, a month or two in, but I, I don't, you know, they're not forcing anything. They're not pushing any of these guys up there. They're not trying to validate a trade by forcing a guy into a fifth starter spot. Who's not ready. So this is really now, you know, more so than what they were demanding at the trade deadline, you know, a future move. This is, you know, they're going to take some lumps this year. Most likely you you never know what happens, but you know, probably a, a sub 500 team. And maybe that's the case again, in 2018 but you know i think they're ready to to move towards that big market that's going to be open after the 18 season spend then and kind of build up and get these guys experience yes you got to do you got to put these guys together let them play kind of let them come up together you know let them learn and probably lose a little bit together and then you end up getting a team like the kansas city royals or the chicago cubs who you know the royals what were two-time american league champion world series champ. And the Cubs, of course, you know, made history by winning the World Series in 2016. And that's what's got to happen. These, You know, they form a bond and they kind of, as Chris Getz told me, you know, who was there for the Kansas City run, they form kind of a fearlessness when they learn together.
0: Yeah, there's a bond there, like you said. Uh, There's some pain. You know, certainly uh, you you lose and you may lose a lot, but uh, it, it, it tightens that grip, tightens that bond between these guys. And when the wins do come... They're going to come in spades, as we saw, like you said, with the Royals, with the Cubs, and maybe the White Sox are next, certainly, and uh, if not 2017, not too far beyond that. Uh, Scott, something else I wanted to kind of point out, something that I feel has gone a little underreported as, in terms of Chris Sale. The guy starts out, I believe, 9-0, and setting all sorts of records. I mean, he, right. it, it, you know, as early as, I don't know, May or even June, a shoe in to win the AL Cy Young. After that nine and zero start, very ordinary. Uh, is there something of a sense that you know the White Sox feel that maybe this is too dramatic because he didn't, he wasn't lights out all year, but maybe they're dealing a guy right now who isn't quite going to be what he's been in the first six or seven years of his career.
1: Yeah, I think there's for some reason there always seems to be, and I understand your point because he was nine and oh through nine starts last year i remember i did a story really early on and this was probably way too early but it was interesting at the time because they were off to that great start and he was nine and oh in the first nine starts that he could be considered if he kept that up as an mvp candidate you know i mean he was he was that important to that team start you know they are not 23 and 10 and six and a half games up in first place without chris sale at the top of the rotation doing what he was doing but there always seems to be just because of you know Chris's uh, pitching style, and it's kind of a little more violent than you know a, a very smooth Jose Quintana delivery mechanics. That you know is he slowing down? You know does his fastball dip? Is, is there mechanics problems? Is he gonna you know have have an injury because of the way he throws? But all he does is throw 200 innings. I mean he set a career high for innings pitch last year. He still is well over 10, I think 232 strikeout wise. You know it, it's hard to go nine and zero at every nine of every nine of your stars, Even you know, even the best of them. Even Greg Maddox at his finest day or Ron Guidry and his Cy Young year, I think finished 25 and three. So you're, you're going to lose a few games. And, you know, I'm not saying that he lost focus, but I think, you know, it just became kind of a tough situation down the stretch. I I think he's going to thrive in Boston. I think he's going to be phenomenal. And, And that's an issue that, you know, shouldn't be overlooked on the flip side that, you know, the Sox had great contractual control over outstanding players in Chris sale, Jose Quintana, who they still have Adam Eaton. You know, and, and they made some, you know, some good moves. They made some moves that didn't work out so well, but they didn't win. And that's a big thing. You know, they had a chance. They really had a chance with two of the best pitchers in baseball at the top of your rotation. A, a young guy in road, Carlos Rodon, coming on, and they didn't win. So, yes, fans are excited and people are celebrating this rebuild, especially what Rick Hahn got back. But I think even Rick knows, well, we got to do this because it didn't work. You know, we, we failed. You know, there's no there's no other way to put it we failed when we had a pretty good chance to win. They did good things to set themselves up and then failed. So now they're going a different way to kind of kind of see what they can achieve. But I think Chris is going to be great in Boston. And I think the Sox got a great haul and it's both trades kind up of being those, you know, win, win trades for both sides.
0: And uh, Scott, of course, the other major deal, which came uh, just a day or two uh, after the sale trade to Boston, uh, Adam beaton goes from Chicago to Washington And in return, uh, Rick Kahn gets back another great haul of prospects, as you said, highlighted by Lucas Giolito. And I think that's, you know, the majority of fans, when they first heard that deal, it was kind of, I think Bryce Harper spoke for a lot of people with his tweet heard around the world of just, wow, dot, dot, dot. Right. And not not as an insult to Adam Eaton, but he doesn't have that, you know, that star power or quality, whatever you want to call it, as guys like Amuki Betts or a Mike Trout, but I think most fans, again, don't realize in terms of, and, you know, people have differing opinions on wins above replacement, but using that as a metric amongst outfielders in 2016 across the major leagues, number one, Mike Trout, number two, Mookie Betts, number three, Adam Eaton. So I've always felt he's a little underrated, and the return that they got for Eaton was very much justified. Yeah, you know,
1: he's uh, two out of the last three years a finalist for Gold Glove. You know, in right field last year, I think he was only second to Mookie Betts, who won the gold glove and defensive run save, uh, you know, had a rough year in 15 defensively in center field, but also had a really, you know, tough shoulder injury, he had a nerve, a certain nerve surgery that was so, you know, such a long rehab that he didn't really even start throwing in spring training games till like March 20th of the past year. So, you know, he really came back slowly. So that tells you what kind of damage had to be fixed there. And in 2014, he was also a gold glove finalist. And you know, in center field. I, I think Eaton is a, a really solid overall player. Yeah, he's not, you know, Mike Trout. He's not going to put up 30 home runs or drive in 100 runs. You know, he will score 100 runs, I think. But I think the biggest thing for him is just, excuse me, keeping himself under control, just playing his game, not letting the outside stuff get to him or crit, crit you know, criticism gets him every now and then, because he really can, you know, affect the game on so many positive ways in terms of with his love with his great throwing arm, good speed, still kind of learning to steal bases has more power than people think. I remember you know, probably the last time Cody Allen gave up a run, it seems like, last year, was a five-run ninth inning in Cleveland against the White Sox and Adam Eaton hit a grand slam to win the game in that inning. So, you know, he he handles good pitchers. He handles bad pitchers. He's, He's a good overall player, but again, I think in this day and age where prospects are such a feature of coverage and everyone knows so much about prospects and you can find video and background and specifics on their game and their mechanics and their makeup that People were kind of stunned that it was, you know, three such high-level prospects going for Adam Eaton because, as you said, Matt, he doesn't have kind of the the true name recognition of a Chris Sale or a Mike Trout or guys that you know you would think would get that kind of haul. But I, I think again, it's a good trade. Uh, it's going to help both teams.
0: I absolutely agree. And uh, between the Sale trade, between guys like uh, Johan Camcada and Michael Kolpeck who can throw a baseball through a brick wall. Uh, The guy was clocked at 105, uh, you know, a couple of starts in the minors. Uh, That might, I don't know if that's a tall tale, but he certainly did crack triple digits. That much we know. Lucas Giolito can do the same. Uh, The White Sox potentially could be set up for a long, long time. And as you said, not every one of these guys pans out, but uh, boy, they put their best foot forward in acquiring the guys who have the best chance to make an impact at the big league level. Scott, to begin to wrap up here, you know, Rick Khan kind of uh, hinted that uh, he's not done, maybe not even close to done. You know, sales has been traded. Eaton's been traded. You've got guys like uh, Quintana, guys like Abreu, guys like Frazier. Where could Rick Khan go next?
1: You know, I think for fans, once uh, the first couple happen and they, the return they got, it becomes almost kind of an adrenaline rush. You know, you're like, you
0: know, who's next?
1: we got to figure out who we can get next. How about if Quintana goes to Houston, and we get you know the top three prospects there or something <laughs> like that. But I think you know it, it's weird because anyone could be next or no one could be next because it's all about the demand. And Rick has shown you know very very shrewdly that he's not you know acquiescing to anyone else's demands. He they know what they want, and they're you know within a few variables here or there, maybe for the back end of a deal or something like that. They're not moving on it. There's no reason to there was no reason to trade Sale. There was no reason to trade Eaton in terms of contractually or player demand or anything like that, but until, unless they got what they wanted and they did same, you know, goes for Jose Quintana, who I believe the Sox have under control through 2020 with a couple club options. So if Houston steps up or Colorado steps up and meets the demand, then he may go. If not, then Jose Quintana may be the opening day starter for the white Sox and could be traded at the trade deadline, could be traded next offseason, or could continue going on with them. The same, you know, I think it's a little less likely for a guy like, Todd Frazier, who's a great clubhouse guy, one of the true power hitters in the game, but he's only got one more year before free agency, so I think you can see him move somewhere. Same with David Robertson. There's not a huge need for a closer on a team that may win 75, you know, games at, at top point. Brett Laurie's another guy who's got you know one year before free agency, and you know Melky Cabrera, the same thing. So you know I think anyone is out there if the right trade comes in for Jose Abreu, they'll make the move. If not, then they'll go on with this ongoing process and see what happens a month or two down the line or three or four months down the line.
0: A lot of moving and grooving on the south side. That is uh, no question. The White Sox keeping Scott Merkin quite busy these days. Scott, we thank you so much for the time on this Tuesday. We will catch up again with you soon. In the meantime, Matt Wehmeyer signing off for MLB.com Extras, Chicago White Sox.